eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by E.J. Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. Okay, let's let's move on. Let's talk about um, these trade rumors that have centered around this team. So uh, prior to the team's win, trade rumors really seemed to center around Cam Reddish. They really intensified with several reports that came out. First, Fred Katz of The Athletic, shout out to him. He reported that the Knicks had informed teams that they would be willing to attach Reddish or Emmanuel quickly in a deal to shed Evan Fournier's salary. Katz also reports that the Knicks have been seeking a first-round pick in exchange for quickly and in standalone deals that they've had uh, discussions on. And then Stephen Bondi of the New York uh, Daily News later on reported that the Knicks are actually working with Cam Reddish's team to find a trade destination for the 23-year-old. Reddish was uh, taken out of the rotation after playing 20 games for the Knicks this season. Of course, he was acquired last season in a trade with the Atlanta Hawks. Tommy, do you feel like this is the right time for the Knicks to shop Cam at this point? Yeah, I don't think they have much of a choice. Um, he's going to be a, a free agent at the end of the season, restricted free agent. Um, you know, the Knicks are going to have to make a decision one or the other. It seems like Tibbs doesn't love him. Um, to be fair, and I've been critical of Tibbs, I've never been a big Cam Reddish fan. Um, I didn't love the move to, to trade a first-round pick for the Hawks. I understand why they thought it could be valuable, um, especially in a deal for a Donovan Mitchell-type player, where as opposed to another additional first-round pick, you get a player that can contribute, still young, still has upside, et cetera. Um, so I think the front office envisioned it as kind of like a, you know, we'll bring him to New York, rehab his value a little bit, flip him in the offseason. Tibbs decided not to play him when he finally did enter the rotation last season. He got hurt. Um, yeah. So, but that being said, you know, with Reddish, you know, we've seen it consistently now with two different franchises. He's kind of, you know, not earned a consistent spot in the rotation. To be honest, he exceeded my expectations over the first couple of weeks of the season. I thought he played better defensively than I thought he was capable of. We know he has the long, you know, he's you no know, long arms, athleticism. He has the, the body to be a, a solid three and D wing, um, but he's never consistently put it together on the floor. I thought he did that for stretches, um, you know, played well during that West Coast trip, um, gave the Knicks some minutes when they needed it early on when Grimes was out injured. Um, but now that Grimes is back in the mix, 
Um, he, you know, he seems healthy, got good news last night. Cause I was wondering myself, one of the reporters asked him how his foot was feeling. Um, yeah. Grimes said, you know, kind of totally open behind them, not really an issue anymore, which is great news. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, it, it, with McBride back in the mix, um, I just don't see a, a, an avenue for Cam's assuming these, these players stay healthy, you know, the nine guys stay healthy. I don't see a route for him to get it 15, 20 minutes a night. So, um, if you can recoup some of the assets that you traded away from a protected first round pick, so be it, I don't think they'll be able to get a first rounder back, maybe a yeah. pair of second rounders, maybe, a, you know, a, a young player, you know, that, that hasn't lived up to expectations after, you know, an, a, after being drafted in the late first round somewhere else. Um, but, uh, yeah, curious to hear your thoughts, but, um, for as far as reddish goes, I think, uh, you know, it's time to move on and see what you can get for him. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the whole cam situation has been frustrating to me. It's like probably the worst combination of like malpractice between both the front office and the coaching staff, because there seemed to be no real plan for when they got him. You know, I thought that the deal they made to get him was a good deal. I actually liked the deal. I felt like Cam was the kind of player that they did not have. Like, they didn't have another guy who could do what he could do in terms of uh, potential, the offensive creation, the defensive potential. All those things I thought seemed possible. I see we, um, you know, so I I don't know. I, I think that, to me, Cam really had the potential to be something the Knicks didn't have. And I think we've seen some of that in the way he's played, whether it be um, the Memphis game or some of the other games he's had, it's just a straight that we never really saw them give him a chance because they gave up an asset that was, I don't want to say it was the most valuable asset in the world. That was a very heavily protected pick that they got in that right. trade uh, that they initially made with Charlotte. But it was a first-round pick. And the fact that they couldn't strong-arm the coach to say, hey, give this guy 20 minutes tonight. Let's see what we got so we can at least boost his value consistently. I don't know. That part of it, is kind of frustrating. Yeah, I think when we look back on the disconnect between the front office and the head coach, and there has been one, you know, make no mistake about it. Um, I think Cam Reddish is the name that kind of jumps the front list. The other thing about Cam, um, just real quick, um, with Obi Toppin, uh, um, reported last, sat out the second half of last night's game yes. um, with the sore knee. Uh, Wold reported that uh, x-rays came back negative, but he's getting an MRI today. Um, we're recording this on, on Thursday afternoon. Um, so we'll see if there's any update uh, as far as that goes. Um, but uh, if Cam, if Obi misses Friday night's game against Charlotte um, or, yeah. you know, a few games thereafter, knock on wood, you know, he's fine. Um, but, you know, top, uh, theoretically, Reddish could slide in some minutes as a backup four. I know Tibbs talked about playing um, RJ as, as, as at some four, yeah. which I thought was a little bit surprising. Um, he could also obviously um you know give uh Jericho Sims you know Hartenstein um some some ext- uh, a few extra minutes depending on how he you know what kind of lineups he wants to roll out together um but uh, that may be an opportunity you know we talked about it as long as everyone stays healthy Reddish is not going to get back in the rotation but you know the first game that he's out of the rotation Reddish gets injured and you know that um you yeah. know it's like starting pitching in, in baseball you know you can never have too much um Knicks do have the benefit of having some depth so we'll see if, if Reddish could sneak in that way yeah, I actually thought that there was a chance he could play in that second half when, when right. I heard OB was not coming out and Tim yep. decided to go eight-man rotation, which is like he's totally comfortable going with eight. So I, I'm not even sure. I, I Like, I don't know what it is. And maybe it's just me, you know, just getting kind of a, a feel for it. But between Bonnie's report and just the way the Knicks have been talking recently, it almost feels like Rose and Reddish are just, like, off the table. Like, they didn't get in in garbage time last night. He went to Zvi Makai Luke. Like he like those and you know, Jericho Sims played as well. At one point, he did play Hardenstein and Sims together, which I don't 
really see much potential in that. But okay. they did finish the game together, I think. Like, I almost feel like those guys might just be on ice until they get traded. I don't I don't know. I don't know how you, if you kind of got the same read. But you would think with Toppin's injury, I would agree. You would think that Cam would slide right in. But I'm, I'm wondering, he's just going to go eight men. He's going to go have RJ be one of the first subs out of the first of the starting lineup and then bring him back in to play the four to come in for Julius. I think going eight's a little bit too much, you know, this it's, early. It's a season. lot to do that early, right? It's yeah. a lot to do that early. And and you we try not to, we try not to read too much into late minute garbage time because you know Fournier hasn't played in garbage time in the last that's two. That's true weeks. too. But a lot of that's out of respect for Fournier as opposed to yeah. out of, you know, you don't want to, you know, as a veteran, he's earned the respect of not having to play against G Leaguers and, and things along those lines. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that plays itself out. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the the, the Knicks as they are, you know, Fournier is making 18 million this season, 18.9 next season so they, they they would prefer to get off these guys contracts the issue is finding some finding a taker for them you know that that's kind of what we'll have to see going forward is if any team has interest in reddish you know um uh, ian begley of SNY reported that there was uh, potential discussions with the lakers um about they've expressed interest in cam reddish in the past We'll see if they are are continue um, to to send out feelers and and would be interested in basically in, in essentially taking back um, you know the tax that would be um, you know attaching Fournier as a tax for you know if you want Reddish we'll give him to you but you got to take Fournier's contract back as well we'll see if that plays itself out yeah and like I don't know I I I really. I'm really against the idea of attaching, especially IQ. Cam, I don't mind as much because I think that it's clear he just doesn't have a place here, unfortunately. I do not understand the need or the the desire, apparently, with this whole front office to attach IQ to a uh, a Fournier deal. Um, I know IQ is going to have to get paid soon. They're going to have to make a decision probably between Toppin and IQ. Every time I see these IQ trade rumors, to me, that's them telling me that they've decided that if, both of these guys still on team. They're going to pay Obi. They're not going to play pay quickly, which I, I would probably agree with that assessment, to be honest. But if this season is supposed to matter, quickly is actually a very valuable piece to what this team is trying to do this year. So if you're attaching him to a Fournier deal, and Fournier's deal is not good by any means, but it's not the worst contract I've ever seen. He's no. only got two years left. I think to move off of one of your former first-round picks, who actually is bringing – He's, I thought I think I was playing great recently, but the last few two or three games, I think he's been on the money, really looking sharp. Looks like he's really rallying to form to give up on him now because you don't want to pay him later. That I don't get. Now, if you're gonna do the we need we want to trade him for our first round pick thing, at least that's consistent with your philosophy of of of, of uh, you know asset acquisition. Like they've been doing that a, a lot and they're trying to get all these first round picks, presumably to get some kind of star in here. So if you say getting a first round pick that's unprotected potentially is more valuable than having IQ on the team. All right. I don't necessarily agree with that, but fine. I, I am so against the idea of putting IQ in a Fournier deal, just to offload Fournier contract. First of all, that's a deal they signed. Like, like now if you're trying to offload him now, then to me, Leon Rose in that front office has a lot of explaining to do. We won't ever hear from them. because They don't ever <laughs> want to talk, but they should have a lot of explaining to do if somehow they're trying to trade Fournier and they got attached quickly to the deal. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. EJ, you don't think we'll get uh, Leon Rose to hop on the pod? I don't think we'll be his first stop. I think Probably he's not. Have to, um, he'll have to sit down with Alan Hahn before. <laughs> Shout if, out to Alan Hahn, though. Yeah, if the Knicks traded IQ, especially if they did it just to dump Fournier's contract, that would be organizational malpractice. And Terrible. in my opinion, a fireball offense. Uh, I agree. Leon Rose. Um, IQ hasn't been their team's best all-around player, but you could make an argument the second best all-around, third, fourth. You know, he's outside. Of, he's been more consistent on both ends um, than, than R.J. Barrett has. Um, sure. You know, he's he's been the team's arguably the best perimeter defender. Um, you know, Brunson's been the team's best player, so we'll get that out of the way. And, and, yep. and Randall's played better of late and, and you know, deserves credit for adjusting to, to, to Brunson's arrival. Um, but Emmanuel quickly, despite not really finding a stroke from, from downtown, um, has been incredibly valuable to this team. He's the type of young player you build around. Good on both ends of the floor. Um, it, attack, rebounds well for a guard. Not afraid to guard the other team's best perimeter player. Um, yeah has an attitude, a swagger that, 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 you know, he, you know, he can thrive in New York city plays well in big games. Um, he's the kind of guy, again, if you're building a foundation, uh, you know, he's the type of those foundational pieces. He's not a superstar. Um, he'll, he he likely will never be an all-star, you know, at best, he's maybe like the, you know, the sixth man on a good team or the seventh man on a a quality team. But you, if you want to be a great team, you need to have quality seventh players in the rotation. And that's really what IQ will excel at. Um, You can start him in a pinch. He can handle the ball, takes care of the basketball, solid free throw shooter, bulked up a little bit, helped him finish in the lane. Um, Again, somebody you can rely on night in, night out, hard worker, doesn't cause waves. Um, you know, despite, you know, again, he's another guy. The fact that he wasn't starting the second half of last season after Derrick Rose went down, after Kemba was bought out, was a travesty that Alex Brooks started up here. You never heard a peep from IQ. He never said anything. Um, so yeah, if you're going to trade him for a first round pick, the hope is you can get a player. That's a great two-way perimeter guard, you know, someone that. You, 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 the, the dream is that, you know, you spend a 14th round, you know, you get a 14th overall pick because you're not going to get a top three pick. You know, you get a 16th pick, a 21st pick. You pray that the guy is as productive and as efficient um, as Emmanuel quickly night in, night out. So, yeah, we're on the total same page here. The trade Emmanuel quickly um, at just to sign, just to get rid of a player you signed 18 months ago would be ridiculous. And, and just, you know, kind of wrapping a bow around that. Um, in the summer of 2021, the Knicks had more cap space than just about any team in the league. They signed Evan Fournier, Nerlens Noel, yeah. Alex Burks, Kemba Walker, Taj Gibson. Um, in the last two games, none of those guys have touched the floor. They had to trade away Kemba, Alex Burks, and, and Nerlens Noel. Um, to, they had to attach draft pick, draft capital to get rid of those guys 11 months after they signed them. They want to trade Fournier now. Um, you know, Taj Gibson's on the Wizards. So, it, 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 listen, I understand the defense of the front office. And, again, this is the first pod. We'll have days and weeks and months to yeah. discuss this. Um, there's reasons to be – uh, pray, you know, the reasons the front office deserves praise. They've, you know, maintained their war chest of draft picks. That's a good sign. They haven't signed any terrible, you know, cripple franchise crippling contracts. That's a positive. Yeah. On the negative, yeah. 
what have they done that's really you know worked out well? Jalen Brunson hopefully is a is a star player, you know, or yeah. close to an all star player you can build around. And I think you know we've all been impressed at, at well he's played. But um, that summer of twenty twenty one is uh, is going to go down as 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 a really bad offseason. Yeah, yeah, it was a disaster. That's the only way to describe yeah. it. It was a disaster yeah. with all the moves that they made. They've tried to now kind of uh, retcon every single one at this point. Yeah. And and, 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 and to yeah. their credit, they've acknowledged that it's a mistake because they moved on from it. But that still, is true. It's a mistake. Yeah. Exactly. Now, to me, when I think of this front office, uh, when I think of the Fournier dilemma that they're in right now, it kind of goes back to one of my biggest issues with this front office right now. And I've been one who have been told I've been told that I give I defend them too much. Um, but what I will say is I, I thought the, the Knicks fixation on Donovan Mitchell this summer was a dereliction of duty by this front office because the team had a glut of guards. Everybody saw that they needed to move on from some of these guys. I kept saying, Hey, D Rose, love you. Love what you've done for your career. You're a great story. They need to move on. They need to get them out of here. Cause like there's too many other young guards, too many other guys on the team. Hey, they just signed Evan Fournier. Let me see. Uh, uh, Jalen Brunson. You can't put Brunson and Fournier in the same backcourt defensively. Brunson is great as he's offensively, not that great a defender. And they did nothing to move off of Fournier. My hope was that when the Mitchell deal fell apart, my thought was, okay, hopefully they have a deal like with some other team just lined up or ready to go because they got to just move on a bunch of these guys. They don't get me started on Julius Randle in the topping situation. And they did nothing. They had nothing set up. They had nothing ready to go. And now they came into this season with this dilemma. And then now you're trying to make these deals and offload some of these guys at like the worst time. Like trying to make complicated trades in season is the hardest thing to do. The time to get rid of these guys and to move off of these guys wasn't the offseason. That's why you were able to move off of Alec Burks and those guys. Remember last season? They couldn't move off of Alec Burks. They kept, they kept, they were telling everybody we want to trade Alec Burks. Yeah. Nobody would take him. But once the season ended, teams start to figure out what their strategy is and what they're trying to do for the offseason, they were able to then eventually move him. Like, to to just not do anything with any of those, those guys that need to be moved to kind of consolidate their team was just, it was just, it was, it was, it was a dereliction of duty. Because now they came in with a bunch of guys who don't fit, and now they're trying to fix it mid-season, and that's a very difficult task to do. That's a good point. It really seemed like they didn't have a plan B. They put all their yeah. eggs in the Donovan Mitchell basket. DeJounte Murray was a guy that got traded that, you know, last offseason. There was other guys they could have thrown their hats in the ring towards. Um, they didn't. My assumption is they were convinced that they were getting Mitchell. Um, they just didn't see any way that another team would match him. And because it, it made so much sense on paper. They had a lot of guards. Yeah. They had 11 first-round draft picks over the next seven years. They had second-round picks. They had McBride. They had Jokobitis stashed in Europe. Yeah. I mean, they just had all these pieces that you figure would just be a perfect marriage between what the, the, the Jazz were looking to do, strip down the roster and, and build towards the future, and what the Knicks were doing, uh, consolidating draft picks and, and a glut of guards to get, you know. So just, uh, uh, it just I think most of us assumed, and I think they, but again, our job's not dependent on it. They should have had other <laughs> ways. They should have found, they should have had ways to pivot if and when the Donovan Mitchell thing fell through. So I think it's a good point. Um, it, you know, whether or not, and, and and not trading for Donovan Mitchell is defensible, considering all that mm -hmm. Danny Ainge asked for, not having yeah. a pivot from the dissolution of the potential Donovan Mitchell trade um, is, is is relatively excusable in that respect. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, it just feels like something we've seen from Knicks too often is being caught flat-footed, 
not knowing where to go, not knowing where to pivot. It kind of reminds me of like what happened when they didn't sign KD. And it was like, again, flat footed, no other options. Don't know where to go. Okay. Here's money to, uh, here's money to Randall. Here's money to Todd Gibson. Here's money to Bobby Porter. It was just like, okay, this was the plan bleak that you didn't have no other plans in place in case somehow this didn't work out. And it started to look bad for the Knicks like days and maybe a week leading up to that, that time, like where was, and I know that's a different regime, but that's kind of my point is that it seems like regardless of which regime is in the Knicks being caught flat footed in these situations, it, it appears to be inevitable. It doesn't matter what, who's running the, the, yeah. running the show. Everybody knew that a Brunson Fournier backcourt, because we saw it, it with Fournier. Just it's just not going to work. Um, so yeah, not not having a, a plan B in, in place was was a, was a great mistake. It's like I I like I the first thing I did when the Knicks signed Brunson was I said okay I'm gonna go I'm gonna spend days this summer watching Dallas Maverick games from last year, and I watched like ten minutes of the first game and I was like okay he cannot start next to Brunson. I mean uh, next to Fournier. Like right. it was so it was so clear. So yes. clear. So then when Tibbs comes out to start the year, he says, before there's any competition, oh, no, Fournier is going to start. I'm like, first of all, why is this guy still on the team? Second of all, how did they not see what I saw and thought that this could work? But, like, I, I, that that was just, like, that was mind-numbing to me. Unless they were going to score 175 points a game. And and as well as Brunson plays offensively, it doesn't seem like a stretch, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, because he's a he's a killer in the paint, um, as our, as our producer James remind us consistently. Um, James, <laughs> Brown, James. Brunson's biggest fan. Um, but yeah, like you know, but yes, uh, defensively it was a nightmare from the beginning. And um, you know, I guess you know we you know you have to give the the the, the coaching staff and and credit for at least addressing the problem yeah. um, sooner rather than later. And 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 you know and, and uh, you know kind of you know benching Fournier. But you know here we are. Yeah, yeah. And, and let's talk about kind of where the season lies. So after last night's win, the Knicks uh, are 12 and 13. They're right now ninth in Eastern Conference. That'd be good for a play-in spot. It's been a season of up and downs. Uh, they did acquire Jalen Brunson, as we talked about. He's played at an all-star level. Uh, he's given the Knicks the most stable point guard play they've had at least since Stephon Marbury, but maybe even going beyond that, to be honest. So he's been great to watch this year. Uh, the whole the team as a whole, they've had games where they've shown that they could match up against some of the NBA's best. They they had close games against the Celtics, close game against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. But on the flip side, we've seen very uneven uneven play from RJ Barrett, a guy who was uh, pinned as kind of a cornerstone of this franchise. Uh, four year, hundred twenty million dollar contract extension signed this offseason. He's been very up and down. We have not really seen any improvement when it comes to the efficiency problems he had really for most of his career, but particularly last season. Julius Randle also uneven play for most of this season. We did have a great game last night, but we have seen some of the shades of the bad Julius Randle as well for a lot of the season. He's in the first year of his uh, four-year deal that he signed the year prior. Teams, defense, struggled mightily before that Cavs game. Um, and overall, it still feels like there is a lack of real identity and direction with this team, whether it be from the front office with Leon Rose or even the coaching staff with Tom Thibodeau. 